Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim Cross. Jim, tonight we got episode nine titled Slap Shots, Power Plays, and Knuckle Pucks. Tonight we're going to talk to North American Tier 3 Hockey League player from the Milwaukee Power, Ben Cope. But before Ben joins us, Jim, you get a chance to check out the game last night, and you know the only game that I'm talking about. Yeah, I got to watch some guy pretend to be quarterback. You know, he's a running back, Lamar Jackson. And you're going to say that he played well, but you know as well as I do, your team isn't very good, so that's not a good way to be able to judge if he's a great quarterback. Yeah, uh, last night was not a not a good test uh for Lamar Jackson, it was almost like, you know, playing. It, it was it was sad at times, um, you know, the the touchdown run up the middle and just it, it just they, they showed that one, Daniel. And let me ask you, man, like, so they showed that Van Der Esch got sucked up in the middle, and that's fine. I get that, but where's the safety? Well, I mean, you know, the, the the problem is, man, is that the the defensive coordinator. There's been no changes. Nobody's gotten any better. And to me, there's guys on the defense that can anchor it and hold it down and and beat, you know, bad teams and hang in there with good teams. They're just not. So I, a change has to be made. And and I hope sooner rather than later that you know we're looking at a new defensive coordinator. But I mean, with the way the year's gone, you're missing your quarterback, your running backs not playing, you know, to his full potential, even though Tony Pollard has looked really good. Yeah. As so. Speaking of Memphis, you know, hey, it doesn't matter who it was against. Memphis basketball got a, got another W last night, so there's there's that also. Yeah, they, they're starting to try to run a bunch of sets and get, get the right guys in. I mean – Jaden Hardway started last night, which, I mean, that's the first time he started, I think, all in his career so or at Memphis. But, you know, I, I'm happy with a win at this point, just getting them a chance to, to figure out some stuff because they got, a, they got a test Saturday against Auburn. Hopefully they get a chance to play the game. Um, and then it's right into conference play. And, you know, with the schedule that they played and the, the losses that they had and the way things didn't pan out for them in South Dakota, they're going to have to win a lot of conference games. So um, looking forward to that game, see where we're at. Good measuring stick heading into conference. But, you know, let's, uh, let's get into this, man. Enough of that, that chatter about the terrible cowboys and and our our tigers so let's talk some hockey man yeah man uh without further ado let's welcome into the show a biggest interview and in podcasting this week mr ben cope ben my man what's up how we doing tonight hey guys thanks for having me on yeah man let's let's get right into this you know hockey is something that you know we we try hard to get a lot of hockey folks in it it's hard to to dig them up but when we do man like it it's valuable for us because we learn a lot but also people ask for it um so it's, it's good to have another hockey hockey expert on a guy who's currently playing the game at a high level so with that man talk to us about the start like how how did you get into hockey where are you from like i want to know that the, the the childhood of Ben Cope. Yeah, so uh, my family's originally from Burlington, Kentucky. It's 
about 20 minutes away from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, before I was even born, my dad was a off-ice official for the Cincinnati Mighty Ducks of the American Hockey League, which is just one step below the NHL. So um, my dad, he uh, he's the one that got me into it. Um, a few of his coworkers, they had daughters that played. And so we would go to their games. And I remember being like two years old and they, uh, they would put me on skates and they'd go out on the ice with me and just hold me up really. But uh, that's kind of how I got my start. And my dad joined a men's league back home. And um, I mean, I was on skates ever since I could walk really. And so just been playing the game ever since. Tell me about Kentucky life. Like I, I wouldn't picture like hockey being a, a big sport in Kentucky, but what we're coming to find out is that, you know, hockey is everywhere and it's in these places that you would never even think of it. It's in the, the big cities. So how, how big of a sport was hockey in Kentucky? Um, it's, it's growing. I will say that. Um, I think there's about seven or eight rinks in the whole entire state. So, Obviously not that many, but um, it's it's definitely growing. Um, the program back home where I'm originally from, they're the Northern Kentucky Norsemen, and their high school team has been really solid the past few years. They've gone to the Nationals, and uh, they've come in second place a few times. Um, they've won multiple Kentucky high school state championships, so it's definitely growing there, and they still have a professional team in the Cincinnati area. So it's really helped a lot there. So was hockey your, your only sport? Did you play other sports? No, I mean, growing up, I played everything really. Um, soccer, basketball, baseball was the big one. Um, I want to say around the age of six or seven, my parents finally said, Hey, pick two sports to play. And so chose a winter and a summer one and so during the season of uh winter it was always hockey and right around april i flipped a switch in my head and it was baseball season so which one do you would you say growing up you were better at um i'm gonna be completely honest i was better at baseball when i was in kentucky what was it you think it was maybe like the the challenge of of being better at hockey was the the drive or was it your your dad and the experiences you had with him where you're like man I, I really just want to pursue hockey yeah um I'm gonna be honest my uh my goal ever since I was really little was to be the first for my uh hometown to play college hockey and I'm uh one step away from that and so that's been the driving force the past few years and um on hard days of practice and games that aren't going so well. I just keep that in the back of my head and that's really what drives me. So as you're growing up, what, when you're learning hockey, what's the most important thing? Is it learning how to skate or learning like how to handle the puck and the stick and working hands and feet all together? So yeah, growing up, um, when you're first starting, it's definitely skating. Um, I mean, if you can't skate, you can't stick handle the puck, you can't shoot or anything. So it's definitely skating. And then um, when you're 
developing, you just, you build on stuff. So you're going to build on your skating stride. Um, you're going to work on your edge work every single day on the ice. And then um, you develop how to shoot, you know, um, you start working on passing. And so it just all comes naturally after that. But skating's definitely the first thing you learn. So do you, do you think at, at this point you're able to skate and let's say eyes closed and still handle the puck and do all the things that you normally do? For sure, yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy to me to watch these guys like with no they, – they don't even look down. It's all – you know, obviously everything has to be in front of you. You got to keep your head up. You got to be looking left, right, forward. It's just amazing to me how they can control the puck, control their bodies, control where they're going, and move so fast. Like, what, what, what would you say is the most difficult thing that people have to learn when they're playing, when they're growing up and learning the this, this sport? Um, I would definitely say it's the skating. Um, there's just, it's so technical and um, the way you have to move your legs and your stride, it, it really plays a key role in um, how fast you move and the game's developing to where it's a speed game now and if you're not fast, you're not going to play a lot. So um, that's definitely the hardest thing right now is skating. So let's, let's jump into to actual gameplay. So as a kid, who did you start playing with? And then give me the progression up to the point of, I don't know, till you're, you know, 16, 17. Yeah. So, um, started out in the uh, Northern Kentucky Hockey Association with the Northern Kentucky Norsemen. So I played there um, from the age of like five to age of probably seven. And then I started playing travel hockey for the Queen City Steam, which was a team out of Cincinnati. Um, that team, we were seven and eight years old and we were traveling to Detroit, Michigan, Cleveland, Ohio, Pittsburgh, Indiana. We were going all over the place to play. Um, so I played in that organization from the age of eight to about 11. And then I played for a team called Team Ohio, which um, was one of the best teams at that age. Um, it was kind of like an all-star team. So same thing. Uh, we would travel to like Maryland, uh, Iowa, Detroit, Nashville, Atlanta. Um, we even had a goalie from Florida that would fly in for our games. So that was kind of crazy. But um, from there, I went and played for the Cincinnati Swords, which was when I was 12 and 13. Um, same kind of deal. We'd go to Michigan every weekend, uh, Cleveland, Nashville. And then that summer was when we moved to Mississippi. So the following season, played for the Memphis Blues, which is where I met Connor. Um, and then when I was 14 and 15, played for the Huntsville Chargers out of Huntsville, Alabama. So we would play teams from Atlanta, Nashville, Arkansas, Mississippi, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, around there. And then my last season of youth hockey was with the Point Mauer Ducks 18U program. So I was 
a 15, 16-year-old playing on an 18U team out of Decatur, Alabama. Man, that's uh, that's quite a stint. It's like yeah. you you were playing professional hockey in a sense, you know, at an early age. You just kind of went from from team to team and and went to places where you know you could be a better player. It's. I mean, Daniel, you played travel baseball. Did y'all get to travel as much as he just described in hockey? I mean, it was. It, once you get into it, you you understand what weekends are the big weekends for baseball and where the big weekends happen. I mean, we're in Fort Myers a couple weekends. We're in Atlanta, Georgia a couple weekends. We're in, you know, Cooperstown for a weekend. Like, you, you have almost a set tournament schedule. It may not be the same weekends every year, but you, you know right about the time frame. So there was a lot of traveling, yeah, but – not near as like we could play local competition and we wouldn't have to travel every weekend somewhere to play. Like, like he, like Ben's describing, like going to Detroit and going to Michigan every weekend, like that seems crazy. But I mean, I guess if, yeah. if you're trying to be the best and you're trying to get better, you'll, you'll do what it takes, especially with those travel teams, because, you know, I, it, it's more so about connections, I think. And the, the more that, as a player, you can get your, your name out there, the, the better off you'll be. So like, I, I can respect the travel. I can respect all that, man. That's, that's good stuff. So um, talk to me though, a, a little bit about, you know, developing as a player, what do you think, what are you most proud of from where you started to where you are now in regards to your skill set and what you, you're doing on the ice? Um, you know, I'm really proud of, uh, my shot. Um, it was, I'm not going to lie. It was very weak, um, five or six years ago. And, uh, right around the time we moved to Mississippi, I, uh, I really started working on it. And now I actually have one of the hardest shots in the league. So, um, I think when I was like 13, I was clocked at around, 80 miles an hour, which was like a really big deal. And then when I was a sophomore, um, I was clocked at around 87. So I want to say I'm around 93 at this point, but um, hopefully one day I'll hit that century mark. So we're talking to the real life Fulton from Mighty Ducks. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I can actually hit the net though. So. I can, I can tell you this. There's no, there's no way I've, I've seen 90 from in baseball and there's, I'd rather, I'd rather take 90 from a baseball than 90 from a puck any day, any yeah. day. It's, yeah. You are, are more of a man than I am. So. Uh, well, well, sticking with that topic of rather not, uh, you know, talking about growing up, I do have a question before we, before we move on. When did you get that first tooth knocked out? Cause I know that happened. Uh, it was January of last year. Oh, so it wasn't when you were, you didn't get any knocked out when you were a youngster? Nope. It was about uh, 11 months ago. Because that was the first thing I was thinking when, when Daniel was talking to you about, you know, not looking down while you're skating and you're looking at all the other things. That was my first thought is I'm looking at making sure somebody ain't facing to take my head off. Yeah, no, it was my, uh, so once you turn 18, um, you can put on a half shield. So like it only covers from here up. 
so your mouth is totally exposed. And um, so it was my third game with that. And uh, there was like five minutes left in the third period. And all I really remember is I dumped the puck in and I get hit. And the other guy's stick comes up and hits me right in the mouth. And like immediately I knew that at least one tooth was gone. And <laughs> did, so. did you go retrieve it or, or how's that work? No, so, like, I knew we were going to have a power play, and I was going to be on it. So, like, I had, uh, I had to hurry up and get my composure and make sure everything was okay. But I think they were just laying on the ice at that point, to be honest. <laughs> Man, hockey's interesting because I don't – I mean, never played it. You know, nothing about it. I've, I've done basic ice skating at the Memphis Zoo. That's, that's the extent for me. Never handled a stick or a puck, and I sure ain't had my teeth knocked out and searching for them on the ice. So it's it's all intriguing to me. But uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, where did you go to high school at? I went to DeSoto Central High School. Man, I think I'm familiar with that. I think we've had a few cats from that school. So uh, for those who haven't listened to previous episodes, is that a big or a small school? Uh, it's a pretty big school. All right, and did you play – you know, you talked about playing baseball. Did you play baseball there too as well? Yep, played baseball there my uh, freshman and sophomore year. What position? I was a catcher. Oh, what a shocker. See, that's the fun part. See, you know, I know this from talking talking to you and Connor, but the people don't know that. So, Connor Gardner, who was on, who was on for those who listened to that episode, uh, you know, clearly Ben was his uh, his competition. They may have been friends, but on the diamond, they were competing for the same spot. Um, and so you obviously played baseball there, but I know that there isn't a hockey team there. So, you know, that's when you obviously started picking up the club life. What club team were you on when you were at DeSoto Central? Okay, so I was on the – so my freshman year, I was with the Huntsville Chargers. 16U team so I would play for them on the weekends but during the week I actually forgot to put this but I actually played high school hockey for uh, Germantown High School my freshman year um, so there were about four or five kids from DeSoto Central that also played hockey with me and there were two teams there was Christian Brothers and there was Germantown so um, we just kind of got divided. It wasn't anything real serious. Um, but so I played high school hockey for Germantown my freshman year and then played for the Huntsville Junior Chargers um, as a club team. Uh, so that was my freshman year. Sophomore year, played for the Point Mallard Ducks 18U program out of Decatur, Alabama. And then for high school that year, I played for Christian Brothers. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's cool because we're learning stuff because, you know, we're from the Memphis area and we played Germantown in football and Daniel played them in baseball. And so we didn't – you know, we don't know that they have a hockey team. So that's cool that you're educating us on that and that you had an opportunity to to play there. So, I mean, that – I mean, that's pretty cool within itself. Um you know, one of the questions we like to ask, and you know, some some people just come out and say they are. Some people are humble. You know, were you were you the best player on your team? Um. Yes and no. Um, there were there were some really good players on these teams, but 
I was always either one, two, or three. So um, I was up there at the top every year. Who was, uh, who was the best player you played with? Um, that I've played with? Um, there's this kid. His name is Jeremy Landers. He's a Memphis boy, um, but he is actually playing out in northern Colorado. He's playing the same level I am, just a different league. Um, but he is really small, like maybe 5'2", but he is the quickest kid on the ice. He has really good hands and has a really good shot. So speed really does kill. He is, yeah, it's insane. All right, and so you said he's the best player you played with. Who uh, at that age, who, was there a best player you played against, like a well-known player? Yeah, so when I was uh, uh, when I was 11, and uh, 11 all the way to like 13, so this is when I was still in Cincinnati, we played against the Ohio AAA Junior Blue Jackets, and they had this one kid named Anthony Vidrick, and he was like the next Wayne Gretzky when we were 11 and 12. Um, he committed to Miami University of Ohio, which is a D1 hockey school at the age of like 14. So this kid was really good. Um, he is now playing at the same level I am, just a completely different league. But he was definitely one of the toughest players to play against. So you enjoyed any opportunity you got to go against somebody of that, that caliber? Yeah, it was really fun to challenge yourself and um, just kind of stack up against him. And, you know, we're young, so we knew it really didn't mean much at that age. But looking back on it, it was a really cool experience to play against a kid like that. Yeah, no, I think that's one of the things that we learned talking to all the athletes is, you know, you a lot of times you you like to talk about your toughest competition, right? Those are, those are the, the games and the, and the rivalries you go back and look at, like, um, you know, and so, you know, you remember this kid and you'll probably remember him for the rest of your life. He probably made you a better, better player for it, I, I assume. Um, and so the, uh, the last question I got for you, and I'll turn you back over to Daniel, is, you know, as far as this recruiting process, because yours looks unique, um, you know, it wasn't going from a high school to college, but you started playing on a professional level um, that you're at right now, uh, you know, at a teenage, you know, teenage years before you had got done with high school. How does that recruitment process look like? Um, so it could be one of two ways. Um, so the way it works for me was when I played for that Point Mallard 18U team, their coach uh, became the head coach of the Evansville Junior Thunderbolts in Indiana. And he was taking a few of the kids from our Alabama team to play juniors over there. And so that's how I started out. Um, the other way it can happen is you can be drafted to a league. Um, it's, it's kind of um, a weird way it happens. Not many kids know that they're getting drafted. Um, so that's kind of weird in a way, but – the other way that happens is through a showcase, and it's all over the country at different cities, but these junior coaches, they'll go, and you get put on a random team with 15 other guys, and you play like four or five games a weekend, and after every game, you have a coach come and talk to you, and 
Um, I did one in Nashville called Elite Edge, and there's about 120 junior and college coaches at this camp, and it's from the age of 15 to 20, and it's all these kids that want to go to the next level and are just trying to be seen by anybody. And so you go, you practice for a few days, play a few games with um, other kids that want to do this, and after every day you uh, you talk to at least two or three coaches. Man, that's, that's crazy. So then you have all this experience and you, you wind up playing, you know, for the drillers uh, in Louisiana. Where where at in Louisiana were you? Uh, so it was Lafayette, right on the campus of University of Louisiana, Lafayette. So if, if, I, if I got this correct, so the 18-19 year you played with Evansville and then I guess – Part what partly through that season you went over to Louisiana. Yeah, I was uh, traded around Halloween of that year to Louisiana. And so what? What is it? You know, I always wondered this. What is it like being the new guy? Like coming in from a team, you've established yourself. You're starting to get comfortable with guys, and then all of a sudden you're you're up and you're moving around and you're you're having to go do it all over again. What was it like once you got to Louisiana, those first couple of games where you're trying to just settle in? Yeah, so um, like you said, uh, being with the team that you've been with for a while, you know the guys, you know the inside jokes of the locker room. So as a 16-year-old, that was really tough. Um, moving away again. Um, so I had gotten down – I actually didn't go to Louisiana first. I went to Atlanta to meet the team there for a week in the games. So I just got thrown right into the fire immediately. And um, I remember getting on the bus for the first time and uh, didn't really know where to sit. So I just stood up. And so that was first kind of an eye-opener. Yeah, honestly, like, I didn't know anybody. I, I just knew the coaches, and that was it, really. Um, but, uh, you know, as you start going, hockey's one big family. And so the guys, they saw that I was kind of struggling. So they helped me out. And, um, you know, you really lean with the uh, other players your age. And so there were about five or six of us that were 16. And so we'd all kind of rely on each other to get through some times. And, but within like a week or two, you start gelling with the guys. You learn the inside jokes of the locker room. You uh, you know what's going on pretty much. So what what time of the year does is the season taking place? Because I'm picturing a, a typical 16-year-old who's in high school and taking classes and then, you know, after school's over, they're doing stuff. But, it, I mean, to me, at 16, it's like you're on the road and you're playing games. I mean, I'm assuming that you're – you're living and staying and, and in the area? Yeah, so the season, usually we report to training camp middle of August. Um, COVID this year was kind of um, a little bit of a pain because we didn't really know when we were going to report. So this year we actually reported like first weekend in September. Um, so we were a little bit late on that. But the season usually runs from September to mid-March. And so, yeah, we just stay with um, host families in the area. 
usually they have a kid or two in the youth program that you're playing for. And so, um, yeah, basically they just provide a home away from home and they uh, welcome you into the family and you just live there during the season. Yeah, Daniel, I was going to tell you, when, as soon as you asked that question, as soon as he got done answering it, you know, following Ben on Instagram, it reminds me of what we see they do in the Cape League in baseball, basically. So do you – how are your – do you have – when you were in Louisiana, obviously you played for multiple seasons. Did you have the same host family or was it a different family each each season? Um. So that first year I lived with a guy named Ethan. And so he had two kids. Um, they were there every other weekend. And then I also lived with five teammates at that house. Um, so that was pretty interesting. I actually stayed with uh, one kid from Russia, one kid originally from Mexico, a kid from Alaska, and a kid from Colorado. So uh, different cultures, different uh, backgrounds. So that was really cool. And then my second year, I started out at that house, but then some things happened and I was moved to uh, my got, second house. Got traded there. houses? Is that what you're fixing to tell us? Not only you get traded yeah. teams, you get traded houses? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I asked for a trade on uh, host families. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there were just uh, some things that weren't working out at the other one. Um, so I, uh, I was asked to... Uh, go to a new house, which was literally right around the corner from the rink. So it was perfect. But, um, so I stayed with, um, uh, my rookie actually named Zach Brown. He was a goalie from New Mexico. Um, so I stayed with him and our host mom's name was Angela. She had two daughters that one goes to LSU, one goes to Illinois. So they were never home, but, um, so it was usually just me, Zach, and our host mom. Um, he got released back in December of last year. And then two weeks after that, we had a Russian move in with us. So that was pretty interesting. But, yeah, so that's pretty much how it works down there. So I'm, I'm looking at your, your stats. I hope you don't mind. And it, it looks like the, the 1920 – year was your your best year I mean obviously it was a full year um 41 games played 15 goals 32 assists does that sound about right sounds about right yeah man that's uh you know in regards to a, a season you know with the the teams that you're playing how does that stack up is that is that a good season is it an average season I mean obviously no what's um, that for the Go ahead. Now I was going to say, you know, you know, I know as an athlete, you're probably the hardest on yourself. So like, just be honest, like, where does that rank, you know, as far as, you know, in your eyes, what a good season would be? Yeah. So as a defenseman, that's a really good season. Um, especially with it being my second year, I was really worried about having like a sophomore slump and not performing as well as I could have. But um, that year I was, the number two defenseman in the whole league for guys under the age of 19 and then in the whole league so including the guys that were 20 21 years old I was the I believe number four or five defenseman in the league so definitely a really good year um 
I, uh, I actually broke my hand back in October. So I think if I didn't miss those four or five games, I had a shot at getting 50 points, which was my goal last year. But, um, but yeah, no, it was a really good year. I had good guys I played with. And so they were definitely a big help with me putting the puck in the back of the net. And when I gave it to them, they would definitely put it in the back of the net. So I got to ask you a question, being that you were down in Louisiana. You see everything behind me. My family's from Louisiana. I'm a Louisiana fan of everything. Man, how good was the eating while you were there? It was absolutely amazing. Like, best food I've ever had. Yeah, that's, a, that's, why I heard, that's why I heard he went to a new house because they couldn't cook at the, the old house. <laughs> no, nah, that ain't true. I mean, you, is it, you'd be uh, – you know, hard to find somebody in Louisiana who don't know what they're doing around a stove. But, yeah, uh, man, difference between me and you, Ben, is uh, is not only the years, but I'm not skating around, sweating, burning it off. So every time I go to Louisiana, I eat a bunch, I gain a bunch, and then I'm kind of just stuck with it. So I don't get to burn off those calories like you do. But yeah, uh, no, we had uh, we had people tailgating our games, and, like, they'd make gumbo for us after games. And – Oh. Uh, jambalaya all the time. It was, it was amazing. Man, yeah, I wish I would have been introduced to you before uh, the pandemic. Being that you were down there, if it wouldn't have been a pandemic season and I had saw that y'all were playing games because, you know, I'd seen your schedule when it was posted, I absolutely would have came down there and uh, not only got to watch you play, but I, I would have definitely went out to eat with you. We, we would have we'd got fattened up, and then, like I said, you'd have burned it off the next day and I'd have rode home with it, but it would have been all good. Um Speaking of, you know, the, the COVID type stuff is what's, what's it look like right now? I know that you're still playing games, but I mean, how, how awkward are things right now? Um, it kind of depends on where you are. So my, uh, when I was down in Louisiana, we only had one week and canceled, um, the team from Atlanta, they had a few players test positive. So there are teams that are being canceled. There are, teams that aren't able to play due to state regulations. But up here in Wisconsin, things are fine at the moment. Um, obviously, we have to wear masks in the rink. Um, we can take it off once we have all our gear on. We, uh, we don't have to wear it on the ice, thankfully. That would be very uncomfortable. But, like, the youth programs, they have to. Um, but we definitely get our temperatures checked um, at the door. Obviously, if we're not feeling well, we're allowed to stay home. Um, so we're just taking precaution, but so far, so good up here. And, yeah, are you still able to get in all the training? Because, you know, in some sports, the, you know, the, the pandemic has prohibited them from being able to get in their full training time. Are you still getting in all the training that you need to, to get better? Yeah, so we, we're allowed to do everything. Um, we have practice every morning from about 9.30 to 11, and then – Tuesdays and Thursdays, we go to the gym and have a quick little workout. It's, it's not so much weight. Um, it's more mobility stuff. Um, our trainer's philosophy, from what I've heard from the guys, is that he doesn't want us to be sore. He just wants us to um, feel good for the weekend, but also trying to get stronger. Um, and then on Mondays, we actually go to an off-ice facility that has some uh, shooting targets, a skating treadmill, and uh, some stick handling stations. So we go there and train. And it's really nice at my house that I just moved into today. We actually 
I'm in the basement right now, and we've got a nice little setup of a shooting area, so I can come down here and shoot putts whenever I want to. Nice, and I, I'm sure y'all also, you know, being that you're in Milwaukee now, I mean, I've been there one time, and I never want to go back because of the temperature. Man, you go outside and shovel some snow for a workout and all that, can't you? Yeah, well, <laughs> kind of funny you say that. Today it was like 50 degrees when we walked outside of the rink. Like, it was perfect golf weather up here. Yeah, well, you know, it won't, it won't stay that way long. I, when I went there, yeah. and it was in December, I made the mistake. I was stationed in Chicago, and we went up there, and we rode the train, and we got off, and I felt like it dropped 20 degrees. The wind was whipping, like, 40 miles an hour, and, like, I was like, why would anybody live here? I was like, this is crazy, and there was, like, two feet of snow on the ground. Luckily, my next duty station was California and San Diego, and I got out of there. Got The north is not for me. Good thing you got that grizzly beard, man. Keep yourself warm there. But uh, I got one more question for you, and then I'm gonna let uh, let Daniel play a game with you. But this is this is the big question. You know, you you talk about being a kid from Kentucky and, and college and everything. Where do you see yourself in the next three to five years? So next three to five years, definitely gonna be playing college hockey. Um, my first two games up here, I actually had two college recruiters talk to me. So I'm definitely getting in the uh, lots of colleges up here. Um, and then from there, hopefully I'm playing professional somewhere. That's, that's obviously the ultimate goal, um, whether it's here in North America, over in Europe, Asia, wherever it is, I just want to play some form of professional hockey. Man, that's crazy. I, I think the, the path that you're on, the grind that you have, like I, I foresee it happening, man. That that's amazing. So, um, you know, keep up the good work. But before we cut you loose, with every guest, we got to play the game. It's called this or that. You down to play? Yep. All right. It's very simple. I give you two options, and all you all you got to do is choose one. The only rules are you cannot say both, and you can't say neither. And don't overthink it. Don't say depends. Don't say we, you don't need context. Just pick one or the other. Sounds good. All right, so question one. Stamkos or Ovechkin? Ovechkin. Oh, man, wrong answer, bro. Wrong answer. <laughs> I say that because I, I live in Tampa, so i got to represent Stamkos. But yeah. uh, who is more athletic, hockey players or basketball players? hockey players so why why i gotta i gotta know why um so i'm gonna go ahead and say this i think hockey players are the most athletic out of anybody um and the reason i say that is you can put almost any hockey player in any sport and they're gonna do fine with it they might not be the best but they can at least compete if you put any other athlete on skates there's a good chance they probably aren't going to succeed in it. That's a great well, argument, Daniel. Yeah, well put. I, I'm not. I can't argue that. Not, yeah, not at yeah, all. I can't get on skates and play hockey with them. So I mean, he ain't lying. Yeah. All right. Who's tougher, hockey players or football players? I'm gonna have to go with hockey players. Oh. Oh man, why? Because y'all take 90, um, 93 mile an hour pucks and <laughs> high sticks and crash the boards every five seconds. 
Pretty much, yeah. I mean, like, we get stitched to the face. We still play on. Um, I mean, guys get hit in the face with putts, and they go in, get some repairs done, and they're back out, and that's period. So I do, I do have a question in that regards. Um, I'm assuming you, you watch at least some football, and you, you have an idea of the, the penalties and the protection of players, which all that is great. Is there a push in hockey to, to, to protect the players or is it still like, you know, what I envisioned it being, you know, as a kid growing up, just like animals just going at it? No, yeah, there's definitely protection of players now. Um, in our league, uh, if you fight without a half shield on, you get a two-game suspension. I believe that's what it is. So if, say, this week and I go and – some kid from Rochester, I would get suspended for like two games. Um, so that's just to protect the younger players. Um, and then if you do have a half shield on, you get, uh, I think it's a 10 minute misconduct. So you sit out for about 10 minutes. And if you fight with under five minutes left in the game, you get a one game suspension. And then you know, you have your hits that are dirty and you can get suspended for that. And But no, there's definitely player protection now. Good. So given that you're, you know, away a lot, are you a guy who's going to call somebody or text them? Probably call. I feel you. That's, that's me. Like, I ain't got time to text. I got time to call. Yeah. Say what I got to say and let's move on. I don't want to try to figure out what you're trying to tell me through your, your, your voice text feature. I just want to hear you tell me yourself. Yep. That's, he's basically throwing shade at me because I'm the voice texter. <laughs> yeah. And none of it makes sense. So are you a fighter or are you a guy that just plays the game? No matter what you just play, or are you a guy like you say, you're, you're a defenseman. Like, are you, are you a bully out there? Um, people want me to be, but no, I'm more of an offensive defenseman. So, um, I mean, I need to use my body more, but there's just times when it's not really, uh, a good time to do it. And you got to be smart about it. Well, it's, it seems like there's some suspensions, you know, that are, that are thrown your way if you do get into a fight. So it almost seems as though it's not even worth it you know it might make you feel better at the time or you know pump the team up but i mean at the end of it like it's is it worth sitting out some games for right yeah no i mean like this past week against peoria um there was one kid who i shot the puck and he came and hit me really late and uh he actually broke his stick on me and so i said yeah uh there goes your 300 dollars stick buddy and i guess he didn't really like that comment too much so he started like face washing me and uh so I just grabbed his helmet and just pushed him to the ground and but that's as close as I'll probably get to a fight here the next few years. Gotcha. So would you rather have money or friends? Money. Nice, nice. Oh my God, I cannot believe so our our other host, Randy, who's not with us tonight, he get so upset that everyone picks friends and of course we have someone that picks money when he is not here oh he, he thinks everybody that picks friends is a liar 
He's like, there's no way they're picking friends over money. But no, I knew that question was coming tonight. (laughs) I mean, if you if you listen to the podcast, man, it's it's a staple on the show. I feel like that that question gives us the most insight about me. Well, well, Connor picked friends and Connor's his friend. So he's probably going to listen back to this and be like, what's up with that, man? I would have picked you as my boy. Uh, Connor was lying, too. (laughs) So would you rather go back in the past or fast forward to the future? Oh, man. I'm going to say go back in the past. Why? What What would you do differently? Um, So would it be the past, like, when I was born or, like, before I was born? Nobody, uh, usually it's it's something, like, in your lifetime, like, what you would do differently in the past. Yeah, I mean – I, I really want to go to my younger days and see how I was and um, kind of how I acted and uh, fight more kind of like that really. <laughs> What's that? Fight more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. What about Mighty Ducks or Miracle? Oh, Miracle. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Come on, Daniel. Have you watched that movie yet? No. I okay, so I know why do I need to watch the movie? I I know the story. Like, so I don't ben, need to watch. I don't no. need to watch the movie to understand. So Ben, let me preface this: we did a sports movie episode, and there were some movies that I had not seen that I needed to make sure I watched before we actually had a legit debate. And I watched Miracle, and I was so impressed, even as a guy who was not a big hockey guy. And I put it; I was my fifth. It was my fifth draft pick. And I took a lot of heat for it from the, these guys while we were picking. But I won the social media vote, and Miracle was a big reason because all the hockey fans said that movie's legit, yep. and I agree. Everybody sure. felt bad for you. <laughs> felt sorry for you. So, all right, Ben, man, we're going to take you off the hot seat. Is there anything you want to plug, promote, social media, um, you know, team website, games coming up, anything? Um, I promised him I would do this. So, uh, shout out to my boy Chandler Martin down in Louisiana. Um, he's still down there, um, living it up. Uh, so I hope everything's going on or going good down there. Um, and then, yeah, um, if anybody wants to follow me, my Instagram is b.cope3. Um, follow the power on Instagram. Uh, yeah, go from there pretty much. Nice, man. Well, it's a great time. Got a great story, man. I learned a lot. So I, I want to, you know, just thank you for coming on. I appreciate you being here. And, you know, we hope, you know, we wish nothing but the best. And, you know, we look forward to big things from you. And you get a, a new start with a new team in Milwaukee. And hopefully the weather's not too bad. And, you know, you get after it. And, you, you know, you, you have some success there. But please come back come back on and and join us uh, you know after the season maybe and we'll we'll recap what do you think about that yeah sounds awesome all right we had great times it's a good story from ben cope i want to thank him for joining us tonight we're going to bring him back you know as soon as he gets picked up by a d1 college i know that's going to be very very shortly because you know the guy's been a, a world traveler it seems like he's grinding away so Uh, I think any D1 college would be lucky to have a guy like Ben Cope on their team. 
If you like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, your comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We will see everyone next week for episode 11, where we're going to be discussing Mississippi State baseball with starting shortstop Cameron James and their starting first baseman, Josh Hatcher. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.